Hi, my name is Yasmin Tarehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness and spirituality. Today's episode is about living in the joy of possibilities rather than judgment with Access Consciousness. On today's show, we'll be featuring our guest, Simone Millicis. Simone is an entrepreneur, creator, creative business coach, author, and also the business development manager of Access Consciousness. She's the founder of Joy of Business. She's been mentoring entrepreneurs around the globe to create greater wealth and happiness. And she's also been at the forefront of cutting edge creation and development for over a decade. She's written many books, including Relationship, Do You Really Want One?, The Joy of Business, and the best-selling book, Getting Out of Debt Joyfully, and I've read actually all of them. (laughs) So you can learn more about her at simonemillicis.com, which we will spell out in the show notes. Simone, it's so great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So Simone, can you tell us what it means to live in possibility rather than judgment? And we'll get into what access consciousness is, but I think this is such a keystone uh, philosophy of access. So I'd love to hear from you. What does it mean to live in possibility? Yeah, that is very true. It's one of actually the first things that was so intriguing to me about access was when I heard Gary Douglas, the founder, talk about no judgment. And I was like, what? (laughs) A world with no judgment. And I mean, even if you just ponder that for a moment, like just your day, it's like indulging your day today when you're listening to this. It's like if you had no judgment of you, if you had no judgment of your bank accounts, of your business, of your relationship, of your family, of anything, then what possibilities would be available? The the key thing here that, I, that I'd like to mention is that if you have a judgment in place, so say you wake up in the morning and you have this litany of judgment about you. Most people wake up judging their bodies. That's the first thing you get to, you know, touch and feel and you go, look how bad my body is, how wrong my body is. And then you might head on to your bank account, you know, and then you might head on to your relationship. It's like this litany of judgment. But here's the thing. Every single judgment that you have, you require about another 20, 30 judgments to keep that one judgment in place. So I described this the other day of you can either choose to have this tree. If you look at a tree and all the branches and the leaves, you can either choose to have this tree that's filled with every single leaf is a judgment or what if you wake up in the morning and to live in possibility is being in question, is asking questions. So even, even a simple question of like what is possible today? You know, what else is possible? What possibilities are available that I've not yet asked for? And every possibility, every question you ask is a different possibility. So you've got this other tree and every branch is like a question and every leaf is a possibility that you get to choose. And every single time you choose one of these possibilities, a whole lot more possibilities open up. It's, it's pretty much that simple. Beautiful. And Simone, I'd love for you to talk about what access consciousness is and what the philosophy is and also why this program is so different. And I say this because, you know, I was actually taken back to the first time that I was introduced to Access and it was really revolutionary for me. You know, I've explored like hundreds of different modalities, but Access and the way that I reframed my my per- perspective on life really um, was just so revolutionary. Uh, it's funny, I actually had my bars run um, in Italy on a vacation and I just started to see so many changes in my life once I got out of the conclusion. I, I started asking 
better questions really. Um, you know, and we can get into that later, but I'd love for you to just talk about for, you know, for people that don't know what access consciousness is, why is this program so different than other wellness programs? Um, and then I've also been following Gary Douglas, the, the founder of access for a while. So maybe you could speak about him a little bit as well in his philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've, I met Gary like 21 years ago. And I have been using access consciousness tools since then. And it is really different. And it's saying it changed my entire life. And I used to have a business and I, one of the, I actually met Gary at a mind, body and spirit festival in Sydney, Australia. And I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I said to him at one day, I said, you've saved me so much money. And he said, looked at me and he said, that's not usually the what, what people would comment, like, tell me more. And I was like, well, I used to walk around these mind, body and spirit festivals and I would get everything done because to me, I knew this couldn't be it. You know, I'm walking around this planet, like this beautiful, amazing earth. And then people are choosing trauma and drama and all this stuff. And I'm like, there's got to be something different. So you know, I would do everything. I would get my aura reading done. I would have crystals and I would, you know, cleanse them in the full moon. And I would do, you know, all these different things, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I was seeking and asking and looking for where is the difference? Like, what is that? And here's the key piece. I think so many people look outside of them as a source of creation. Like I was looking for something else to give me an answer. Whereas in truth, you are the source of creation. Like you are the source of the creation of your life with everything that is in it and everything is not in it. Like you created your life as it is today. So if you're not happy with it, you're the one that gets to change it. And in brief, like access consciousness is simply a set of tools and processes to change any area of your life that you think is not working for you. Uh, one of the main things that we talk about too is you know, living with uh, choice question, um, you know, question choice possibilities and contribution. And I don't know about you, Yasmin, but I wasn't brought up to <laughs> ask questions. I was brought up to have an answer. Like even at school, it was like, you know, get the answer. Yeah. You should know the answer. And it was so revolutionary to me that I didn't have to have an answer. What I had to have was a question. And it was like, oh, okay, so what else is possible here? And like you said, the conclusions, once you came out of conclusions, it's like, whoa, it's like the sun comes out and the stars all at the same time. And it's just like, there's so much available, but we cut ourselves off. And we usually cut ourselves off by where we like, you know, where we choose to be born. I mean, I was just saying to someone today, I mean, I, you know, live in Australia and we've got this like crazy way that we be here in the sense of, Everyone does this, oh, it's beautiful one day, perfect the next. We live in, you know, by the beach, the sun's out, it's all great. But it's almost like this draconian law where everyone wants to abide by the rules and regulations. And it's like, wow, like what if, what if we actually looked at what we have and what we can be and what we can choose and we get to create our future not based on what is projected at us. And that to me is a very big thing with access consciousness is if you're not choosing your money flows, your business, your relationships, like your, your body, the movement of your body, all of that based on projections and expectations, you choose it based on you. Every single person is different. What is it that you would like? <laughs> like if you were creating your reality, what would you choose? Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I think the, the question that I ask people a lot, you know, who are unhappy at their, their jobs, I say, 
you know, you can, cho- you can choose something else. You can, you can look at an, you know, for another career or you can look for another job, but this is not the end all be all. And it's so interesting how limited, um, thinking people have when it comes to the future of possibilities, um, especially in their career. I think we're so socially programmed to just have, a, you know, a few options available for what we think we can do. And a lot of it is in this kind of like corp- corporate world and this, this capitalistic worldview where I think it just limits people's options. So I, I think that it, this is such a powerful uh, tool. And so I want to get into it. I want to um, get into it so that my the audience can like really understand what this means. And so can you talk about what it means to always live in the question and also the, the phrase choice creates um, and how people can start applying that? I think that there's some key questions. Uh, we, we kind of introduced a couple of them, like, how does it get any better than this? Or maybe we said that in before we started recording, (laughs) but, um, there's a number of questions. (laughs) (laughs) There's a number of questions that I think are so powerful, uh, in access that I think people can just start using in their daily life immediately and start seeing changes. So yeah, if you could just talk a little bit about that. Sure. Sure. You've got a great laugh, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's like this little contagious. It puts happy in the world, oh. which is a choice too. So so let's talk the piece that you said about choice creates. Uh, each choice, like each choice you make creates something different. And if you start to look at that, like so many people go, oh, I'll wait till I have the awareness or I'll wait till something shows up. And it's like, what if you stopped waiting and what if you just started creating? Now, as we mentioned judgment right at the beginning, it's like if you come out of judgment of your choices and you just choose, that's when possibilities show up. And one of the tools that we would, uh, that we start with is choosing in 10 second increments. And most people are like, what? Choosing in 10 second increments. How can you choose in 10 second increments? Like, you know, but you do, (laughs) it's like this 10 seconds, what am I going to choose? And even if you start with this, like in the morning when you wake up, It's like this 10 seconds, what am I going to choose? Like how many of us have a routine? Like you go, oh, I'm going to make a coffee or I'm going to make a tea. But instead, this 10 seconds, does my body actually desire coffee this morning or does it desire something different? You know, you're in, and that's being in question. So you're not assuming something, you're actually being in question. And if you choose something and then it doesn't work out, you're like, okay, next 10 seconds, what am I going to choose? So I'm saying start this with a really basic thing, like your morning, you know, when you wake up, what do you usually do? Or what if you didn't have a usually? What if you never had a usually? And what if you were always being in question? Because you know those moments that, I mean, I know for myself when I, you know, owned my own business and, you know, I would have this office that I would go to Monday to Friday. And sometimes it's a Tuesday afternoon and I have no desire to work. (laughs) But Sunday at 10 a.m., I had this huge desire to work. So I started looking at this and going, well, what if I actually followed the energy and asked questions? So today, what's required of me? Does the business actually require me today? Or is there something else that I could be doing? Maybe go for a hike. And then when you're on a hike, you have all these amazing, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I do something like that, I always have these downloads of these amazing ideas. And I'm like, oh yeah, this, 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 we can, you know, we can actualize this. So If you can have that moment in your life, and I get not everyone can do that, and as much as you possibly can, give yourself that space to be in question of like, okay, so what next? And so many people use things to limit themselves, like whether it's age, gender, money, like, oh, I can't do that because blah, blah, blah. And so what if there was never a, I can't do it? What if there was always a question? Huh, what would it take? 
for this to show up? What action would I need to take? And that's the difference too. Choice creates. You choose, you create something. And you create something, you have the awareness. That's how it works. You've got choice, you create something, and then you have an awareness. Now you get to choose again. What are you going to choose? And, I mean, for an example, you know, people, I mean, money is a, is a major thing that people complain about or have, think they have a problem with it. And I've heard people with the same hang-ups that have $10 in their bank account to $10 million in their bank account. It's, <laughs> it's not the amount of money, it's the point of view. So if you change your point of view, then what could you create? And, you know, the people who are like, oh, I wish I had more money. Well, what if you woke up in the morning and you didn't wish for something different? You woke up in the morning and you demand of yourself and request of the universe and ask questions, what would it take to have a million dollars in my bank account? Or what would it take to have more ease with money? Even just that question. And then you'll find so much of, say, I mean, money is a key thing. Like so many people, you know, money, bodies, relationships, business, like these are the things, parenting, that that it would, if you say to someone, what have you got a problem with? They're the main things that they'll go this, right? It's very <laughs> yeah. common, common thread there, you know, but what if you never had a problem? And what if you just woke up and went, okay, what would it take for me to have more ease with money? And here's the thing, look at all the points of view that you have and ask, is this actually my point of view? Or is this something I learned from my parents or my grandparents or from, you know, the society from where you were born or the religion or whatever that is? And it's like, if you were choosing your reality with money, what would you choose? Same thing. If you were choosing your reality with your body, what would you choose? If you were choosing your reality with relationships, what would you choose? You can ask that question and put anything in there so that you actually start to find out what works for you. Like, what if you started to look at what truly matters to you. Yeah. Wow. So it's such a powerful, um, statement. And I think, um, the question for me that has been really profound to ask is how does it get any better than this? And how can I have the best day of my life? And then the last one, which is all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. And I noticed that if I say that the first thing in the morning, then my entire day shifts. Like I literally mm-hmm. will have the best day of my life, you know, and I've been, I've been yeah. asking friends to do the same and it's just been a, a game changer. So. so let's talk about the mantra for a sec though, because that is the mantra of access. All of life comes to, comes to us with ease and joy and glory. Now here's the thing. It's, this is what I love about it. It's the good, the bad and the ugly. Like it's not about everything's all okay. It's like, cause sometimes life throws you some, some interesting, you know, things along your path. So instead of ignoring them, what if you had some tools to, you know, face them head on and get through it into something that's greater? So all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. It's like the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I just want to say something about that question you're saying, what if I had the best day ever? Can we add so far on the end? <laughs> so it's like, what if I had the best day ever so far? Because it's like, what if the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and life just gets better and better and greater and greater and not based on judgment, based on choice. Like you have more freedom, you have more ease, you have more joy, you have more happy in your world. Mm, I love that. And uh, Simone, so we talk about um the things that we want to call into our life by asking these questions. I think the other part of access is the clearing statement to sort of 
um, remove the programs or the conditioning uh, so that we can kind of release some of the, the things that we don't want in our life. So I want to talk about the clearing statement. And I hesitate, though, asking this question because... I know that some people will perceive it to be strange. And I'm frankly, I did it when I heard about it for the first Me time. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so, what are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, I was very intrigued by the whole concept of access and I, I, re- I went down a, a pretty big rabbit hole. But then when I got to the clearing statement, I was like, I just don't get this. And, you know, it took me a couple more months to really play with it. And then finally it clicked for me. Um, so Mm. I was wondering if you could share the clearing statement and then maybe give an example of like what a clearing statement is. I think abundance is one, you you talked about money is a a big topic. So maybe we could do one for money. Sure. Sure. Okay. So let me start with it and then let me explain it. Okay. So like, even if you ask a simple question, like if if I ask every single person listening right now uh, and I ask you, what does money mean to you? Okay. And then you might not get these, these words that come out and, and you might. Like, for example, when I did this on money, I used to do business in India for quite a few years. And what I would do is I'd have all this cash and I'd have to exchange my, um, my money into rupees, like in Indian rupees. So, and I don't know if you've been to India or if you know yeah. about Indian rupees, but like a thousand Australian dollars was almost like a backpack of Indian rupees, you know? So you had like piles of money and that's how, this is many years ago, you know, over 20 years ago, that's how I did business. Right. And the money would be really like dirty and, and grubby. And I felt like I was always washing my hands, like, like felt like Macbeth <laughs> trying to get the dirty money out of my hands. So when I was asked this question, what does money mean to you? I realized that my point of view was like, it's so dirty and filthy, I don't want to touch it. Mm. So if I have that insane point of view, money is so dirty and filthy and I don't want to touch it, am I going to invite more money into my life? Or it's like energetically, am I resisting money? Mm. So what, what, So this, how this works, right, if I say, so whatever came up for you guys, and you might have something cognitive and it might just be energetic, that's okay too. So if you go, okay, so truth, what does money mean to you? Everything that that is, everything that that brings up, destroy and uncreate it, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine, shorts, boys and beyonds. Okay, That's the access consciousness clearing statement. And that's what Yasmin was talking about and myself too. I was like, what are you saying? Shorts, (laughs) boys in shorts or what's going on? (laughs) So I'll give you a brief description. And and I'm like you. I think one day I just went, boom, ah. this started changing stuff for me. So I was like, it's working, you know, (laughs) and there is a website you can go to called theclearingstatement.com. And Dr. Dane here gives some great videos and, and, you know, details about how this is used. But the basis of it is, is if you destroy and uncreate everything that creates that point of view of what money means to you and the whole statement it's like right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Everything that you've decided is right is wrong, is good, bad, perfect. Like all these are judgments, okay? So everything you've decided about, whatever comes up. And the POC, the POC and POD is the point of creation and the point of destruction, okay? So that's where you you basically are, are changing, destroying and uncreating all of the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that you have around that question, around that topic, so that you allow yourself as I was saying before, to find out what's true for you. 
because with money, it's like, I mean, now it's like, I remember, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Australian money, but it's like Australian money is very, very colorful. So what I learned to do was actually pick up the Australian money. Canadian money is really colorful. The, my five, my, the 500 euro note is one of my favorites. I'm like, it's purple. <laughs> it's 500 euros, which is about 800 Australian dollars. And that's in one note. It's like, oh yeah, how does it get any better than that? Like, that's so much fun. But before this, I probably wouldn't have had that joy with the cash, mm. right? So it's like, truth, what does money mean to you? And again, you ask, and it could be like, oh, we we never had any in the house. Like I remember as a kid hearing my parents argue and they were arguing about money and my brother and I, cute little kids, we decided after hearing my mum and dad argue that we must be poor. So we went to our bedrooms and we got our favorite things, like our favorite toys. And apparently, I don't remember this, my parents told me, we went upstairs, you know, <laughs> these two little kids and we went, Hey, mum and dad, like we're going to solve our money problems. We'll we'll sell the toys. And I remember mum and dad saying that that just changed it for them as well. And apparently later what they were arguing about was like cash. It wasn't because we had houses and things like that, but it was like apparently we were cash poor. I don't know. But two little kids hearing this are like, we'll sell our toys. But you create a point of view based on that. So so then, and it's like, and some people, um, you know, have a point of view. If they don't have, you know, cash, then they're poor. Like, you know, you, the old saying of cash poor. Yep. And it's like, but you might have investments. So, but how many points of view have you brought that are not yours? So everything that that is, times a gazillion, right, on good and bad, pock and pot, all nine, shorts, boys and beyonds. I also grew up that we, at the dinner table, we were not allowed to talk about money or business, which was very annoying to me because my father was a great businessman and he was an accountant. My brother studied accountancy. My father had many different businesses and I was always so intrigued and interested. But apparently my mother's point of view was, that's wrong. You shouldn't talk about that. And I was like, why? What do we have to talk about then? This is so boring. <laughs> but, then, but then you can grow up with a point of view that you're not supposed to talk about money or business. Whereas with my stepchild, when I lived with him, if he asked me a question about money, I gave him the information because I never wanted anything hidden from him. So I wanted him to be able to establish how he was with money and how he could be with money and that there are possibilities with it. It's not something that you hide. It's not something, you know, like my ex-partner, one, one thing he grew up with was he grew, actually grew up with a fair bit of um, violence but he said as a kid, all he could remember when violence was active, he could always remember talking about money. So in his world, until his early 20s, he was like, I don't want anything to do with money because money just creates violence. Mm. So that's a point of view. But now once he's over that, he has money and he loves money and he creates money and all of that. So can you see the, the, the insane point of view that we have about something? And the whole idea of the access consciousness clearing statement is to destroy and uncreate everything that you, all those points of view that you have that are not yours. It's sort of like getting a computer and all the programs and all the emails you have, just pressing the delete button and going delete, 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 delete. <laughs> now you have this blank slate. What's your point of view? Like what's your point of view with money? Because, I mean, money is something that is, is very considered something that a lot of people judge. Like you're supposed to have the right amount of money. And if you look where everyone lives in the world, what's the right amount of money? Like if you're the wealthiest person on the street, that's a that's a judgeable offense. 
if you're the poorest person on the street, that's a judgeable offence. Why would we judge people based on the amount of money in their bank account or calibrate their success based on that? It's just money. What if we started to look at the, the greatness of the being, of who people are and what they be? To me, it's like someone who's, who's you know, kind and, and is willing to look at the world and everyone else, not just have them in it, like look at what we can contribute to the entirety of the world. To me, that person is way more valuable than somebody who has $10 million in their bank account. So again, you'd ask, okay, so after me talking now, when you're listening to this, it starts to unravel all the insane points of view that you have about money. And if we could work everything out with our logical mind, we'd have everything we ever desired. But it's the insane points of view that lock us up. So again, I would ask, okay, so, you know, truth, what does money mean to you? And it's a really simple question, but you can see how things start to unravel. So truth, what does money mean to you? And everything at that is times a godzillion, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine, shorts, boys and beyonds. There was, you mentioned one of my books, Getting Out of Debt Joyfully. Mm-hmm. And I created myself to be an absolute financial mess um, at one stage <laughs> in my life. And I was $187,000 in debt. Now, here's, when I started to look at it and really go, okay, I'd like to change this. What do I need to look at here? What tools can I use? Uh, one of the things that I realized was my father, who has passed away now for a few years, um, was just adorable. I just loved him. He was amazing. And he got me. He saw me. He was such a contribution. He was always empowering. And I remember at one stage he said to me, I won't leave you. Like, I won't die. I won't leave this planet until I know all of my kids are financially stable. It was very important to him. Like, he escaped during World War II from Europe, etc. So my brother was doing well. My two stepsisters were doing well. And I realized that in my insane point of view, I went, oh, if I create myself to be a financial mess, my dad will never die. Wow. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I actually talked to him about it too. And he's like, oh, Simone, he said, what are you doing? And I went, I know. That's an insane point of view. So how many insane points of view do you all have around money that keep you from having an ease with money and receiving money? And everything at that is times a godzillion, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. So that's an example of some questions, a topic, and how the access consciousness clearing statement works. Wow. Yeah. And that story about your father, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to kind of the things um, that their parents have said to them when they were younger and and how that plays out in their adult life. So thank mm. you for sharing that. Um, Simone, so you wrote a lot of books. I was actually going to double click on the getting out of debt joyfully. Um, but I think that I'd like to touch on the relationship book uh, because I think that was also really interesting. And from what I understand, when it came out, um, your relationship with your partner actually ended. Um, and so I'd love for you to share a little bit about uh, the creation of that book. And I think, you know, money was a topic that we touched on, but I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about that book. Um, and then some of the stories of limitation that you kind of um, overcame in that realm. Yeah. So, um, Brennan Watt was my, was my partner and he, you know, he was also an access consciousness facilitator. And so we lived together and we lived, we lived together for about eight years and we were in a relationship for eight years and he had, you know, a son. So I was living with, you know, stepson. I met him when he was five. Um, and you know, we all, we all lived together. We had a great relationship 
we actually really did have a great relationship and that's why we wrote the book because so many people would ask us and say, how do you create this? Because there was a lot of freedom in our relationship, a lot of ease, and we were always in question. And I think that's one way it worked for so long is that place that we would wake up and (laughs) – you know, it would be like, oh, you're here again. Hi, what are we going to do? You know, it wasn't this expectation that this person was always going to be there. It was like every day was a choice, not a necessity in our relationship. So a lot of people asked us about it. So we did, we thought we'd put, you know, a lot of the tools we used in the book and the tools we use, I'm going to say, we wouldn't have lasted that long if it wasn't for Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness. And I mean, he's such a good friend of both of ours. And he gave us some tools that I was like, really? That's what I'm going to use? Like, you know, and, and as an example of one, I remember, you know, we had this house across the road from the beach in, in Queensland and I was cranky at Brendan and I don't remember why, like what happened. As he said, he was just being a man. That's probably why I was cranky at him. I don't know. Um, so I was smart enough to take myself across to the beach and just go for a walk just to sort of calm down. And Gary called me at that moment and he said to me, and he's like, what's up? And I was like, oh, Brandon, you know, blah, blah. And he said, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to go home and you need to make everything about him. And I was like, what? I don't want it to be about him. I want it to be about me. (laughs) And he was like, trust me, Simone. He said, go home and use this tool. Now, here's the thing. I had you know, used the access consciousness tools grudgingly with money and they worked, you know, like if, if there's a tool you hear and you start to resist it, can I just say, it's probably going to be the tool that changes your entire life. <laughs> and I think I was almost one of the most resistant people to come along <laughs> to access because I, I used to resist it all the time. And then I was like, okay, so I hear you and I don't really desire to choose this, but I'm going to go home and see if this works. So I walked in the house and I just started making everything about him. Like, just energetically and asking him questions and how was his day and just commenting about him. And I'm not kidding, within 10 minutes, he was like, can I get you a drink? What would you like me to cook you for dinner tonight? But, you know, and I was like, wow. And I was like, this is actually working. And there's so many of the tools that we use like that, that are, that is in relationship. Are you sure you want one? And one of the things why we wrote the book was we wanted people to be in question. That's why the title of the book is a question instead of assuming that that's what you have to do. And if you look at throughout history, most people have chosen relationship for, to create wealth. Like that was, you know, historically, that's what it was. And then religion has come into it as well. And there's such a stigma of wrongness. If you haven't been married and had kids, et cetera, by a certain age. And I do get uh, as mean that now we're moving into this place that it's still there but there's also a freedom. There's also an ease. If you're not in a relationship, it's not like, oh my God, what's wrong with her, you know, um, or what's wrong with him or something. It's it's not so prevalent in our world now and there's more choice. So we really wanted people to start to look at, you know, if you're going to be in a relationship, make it a good one. Like don't sit there in a bad relationship because it ticks the box. Oh, I'm in a relationship. What if there is something so much greater outside of that? or there's someone else or whatever that is. And I get it. There's a lot of people around the world that, you know, with different cultures and different religions, sometimes it's not as easy. And yet what could create more ease for you? What have you decided you need a relationship for? And again, with that question, I would run the, the clearing statement, everything that that is right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. So 
And then as we were releasing the book, we're actually in America and we had all these TV spots and everything and, and we broke the relationship up like a month or two before our PR agent nearly had a heart attack and we were like, don't worry about it, we've got this because we did have this. Like, you know, and you could see some of the interviews, the, they were so trying to create this, uh, this rift between us but just because we broke up our relationship it didn't mean that we didn't like each other. We were still friends. And one of the reasons why we broke up our relationship is it was, it sort of moved into this maintenance level and it was being maintained, not creative. And we're both very creative people. So to us, it was like, I mean, Brendan was the one who broke the relationship up and I definitely did the trauma and drama and the, Oh my God, you know, I can't can't believe it. What's wrong with me. And then I went, hang on a second, this is not personal. And it's the relationship that's broken up, not me. So what's beyond this, you know, and that's cutting it down really short. Like, and we're presently, we just met with someone this morning. We're looking at writing another book or an ebook on and calling it something like breaking up is easy ish. Cause, <laughs> and that again, it's the, it's the mantra of access, you know, all of life comes to us with ease, joy and glory. It's like, don't avoid something, but don't stop choosing the greatness of you. And that's what I would like everyone to get. No matter what's showing up in your life, you get to choose greater each and every day. Like that question that you were asking. It's like, what would it take for today to be greater than yesterday? And if you ask that question and you choose based on that question and, and have fun, like what if, what if the purpose of life was to have fun? Like are you having any fun? So that's what I would look at. And, and so, yeah, that's the relationship. Are you sure you want one? The book that we wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have so many more questions on that topic. Uh, you know, I want to talk about um, interesting stories uh, that I'm sure you've heard um, as, you know, being a facilitator and uh, a leader in this space for so long. Stories of transformation or inspiration from the people who have used some of these tools. Um, and I think, but before we move on to that, I just wanted to comment on the relationship piece because I think that is absolutely spot on that. Um, it feels like we're moving into a new normal, which I hate the word normal anyways, but we're moving to, yeah, it's just, it's just a terrible word, but we're moving into a space where there is more openness around what it means to be in relationship. And, you know, Mm. I think that, um, unfortunately there's still, you know, at least in the middle East, there's still a lot of desire for a structure and a container for what it looks like to, to come of age and be an adult, right. To have a family, to have a child. And so there's one thing, a little, um, you know, anecdote is that in the Middle East, we go to weddings. And if you're a single woman, the first thing that people say to you in Arabic is, uh, inshallah yom ilich, which literally translates to God willing, the next, you know, day is yours. Um, <laughs> and it's, and, and I, it yeah. used to drive me absolutely insane, you know, um, for such a long period of time, because I just thought it was so insulting for, for so many reasons. Like w- what makes you assume that that's what I even want? So that's just an interesting, um, you know, anecdote, but I think that absolutely, I live in San Francisco now, so there is a lot more openness to, you know, letting people decide the the life that is right for them. And so I, you know, couldn't agree more, but, um, so, so yeah, so yeah, go ahead. Can I add to that too, that it's like, I mean, yes, that's in the Middle East, but do you know what? It's pretty much everywhere too. Like I remember being at a party many, many years ago and like, our whole family was there and some friends and I overheard my mother saying she'll be happy when she finds the one. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And it's like, <laughs> I've just been traveling the world for three years, having the best time of my life. But in her world, happiness equals getting married, having kids, buying a house. So it's, it might, 
Yours might have been obvious, <laughs> but ours was under under you know undercurrent projection. So it's sort of like same same but different all around the world too. And I and I get it. It's different in the Middle East. And can I also acknowledge how much has changed in the last five years? Yeah, in the Middle East at least. It's like oh my goodness. It's it's. I mean, there's a lot of people who in the Middle East who've who've um, shown up for access consciousness classes. And I remember one woman in particular. I've been at being in a class with her and she was asking what it would, what would it take for, and this is a question, you know, what would it take for uh, women to be able to drive in Saudi? And it was within six months and it was like, wow, there you go. So it's sort of like, what are you not asking for that you could be asking for? Like, what have you already judged as impossible rather than asking a question and allowing the possibilities to show up? Because like I said before, we get to create our future. We get to change the world. All of us, every single one of us can create a change here. But we've got to take the action and also know where do you want to head? Like what do you want to choose? What sort of life do you want to live? You know, and it's interesting, Simone, I think for a lot of people, they don't actually know the answer to that. You know, there's there's a, kind of like a living life kind of ref- reflexively, like just defensively almost, you know, like being pulled in a direction as opposed That's to- That's a great way to put it, defensively. And it's true. You're right. It's like so many people do live defensively. And what if what if we change that? Like, like I said before, what if the purpose of life was to be happy? Mm, like yeah. I was doing a session with someone the other day and she said, I want to be on a rocket ship. And I said, okay, well, what's rocket ship for you? And it was like everything is like going fast and at this fast pace. And I said, what if rocket ship is just being happy today? Mm. What if it's just being joyful? Like are you choosing the things that bring you joy? Because that, uh, it doesn't have this like loud pulsating, you know, ta-da. But it's like, <laughs> what is that for you? Like for me in the last year, like we keep making these jokes. It's like COVID, you know, 2020, what's the ticks? And it's like, well, I learned to make cocktails. <laughs> it's like, I also learned how to cook, you know. And and for me now, it's like, you know, one of my most joyful things, if I get the space, is to be cooking in this fabulous kitchen that I have because Brendan uh, my ex, he, he built this master chef kitchen. It's amazing. So I have this fabulous kitchen and I get to cook and listen to music and have a glass of wine. And to me, that's really relaxing and joyful mm. for me, but me being that energy creates something different on the earth. So if you, it doesn't have to be this hardship or this, like this proving of what you are and what you choose. It's just be you and, and we can change the world. Mm. So inspiring, Simone. Yeah, I, I think it feels, um, you know, even for me, it feels like there's a constant like swimming against the current of the of the consensus reality and the social programming. Like it's, you know, it's. I think it probably gets easier over time, but I think, um, you know, asking these questions and and creating the choice is, is something that I think we're just not used to in culture. So it, it takes a lot of adjustment, um, but it's so worth it. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yes. Um, so speaking about, uh, you know, stories from um, access consciousness, I'm sure you have heard plenty, right? We've talked a little bit about um, the being able to drive as a woman in Saudi as one, but are there any stories that are really memorable that you could think of that, um, you know, stayed with you that could be inspirational for our, our audience as well? Do you know, as soon as you ask that question and 
this is what shows up for me is I did a class and, and, and two of the beginning classes that you do in access is one is bars and then one is foundation. And it's for some reason I'm mentioning this story. It's like I had this guy who showed up to my foundation class. It was years ago in Brisbane, Australia. And he was like in his mid seventies and he had, he's walked with a cane and he was injured during the war and his whole persona, like he, his skin literally looked gray. Like he looked, I was like, wow, is this guy about to die on me? Like that's what he looked like. And, and he came to this class cause his brother had done one and he thought he would go and find out what this was about. And the way he walked into the venue, the color of his skin, just his whole persona, like he was all hunched over and everything. I will never forget the day that he walked in. It was like day three. It's a four-day class. Day three that he walked in and he didn't have his cane and he had this color in his skin and it almost makes me want to cry now. And he looked at me and he went, Simone, he said, I want to thank you. He said, I know I was dying. He said, but being here, and he was in his late 70s, he said, he said, I'm choosing to live. And I like it, it was so it to me that was so miraculous that. That, and that to me is what access consciousness is. I I love having empowering people to know that they know and that they have a different choice. And for him, the way he was with that, he was like, I'm, I'm choosing to live. I was like, great, let's go. Like what else is possible here? So I don't know. It might not have all the, the, the bells and whistles story, but no, to me it's just powerful, this energy. Yeah. Powerful story. I, and I, I mean, I think that um, just changing your energy around – uh, you know, and it's. I think people feel that way about a lot of um, things in life when it comes to choosing to live rather than live on the rat race and the treadmill of life, and and maybe even you know being in a space where they're creating disease in their body, right? Where they just like, yeah, I just want a slow death because I, I want out rather than like really mm. wanting to be here. So, I think that's very powerful. Um, I mean, one of the questions that we would ask too, like, and, and it may, might sound like cruel and unkind, but, you know, I've dealt with so many people who have been sick and like really sick. And it's like, and the question I would ask is like, well, what do you love about being sick? And it's so interesting to see how this unravels because most people are like, oh, I wanted to get out of my marriage. And it's like, um, you could have just got divorced. Like you didn't have to get cancer, you know, <laughs> it's like, but there's a, but that's the thing. It's the insane point of view. Like me with my dad creating financial mess so he would stay alive. That's an insane point of view. And most of the time when people create that sickness in their body, like you said, it's like this slow death because they're, they're done. But what are you done with? Like, you know, what are you sick of? Like, and when you hear people say, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm sick and tired of this. Well, you better start listening to the way you think and the words that come out of your mouth because you will create your reality. So if you keep saying, I'm sick and tired of this, then are you waking up every day and being really tired? And then, you know, how's the health of your body? Are you creating sickness? So, cause we get to create our reality and here's the beautiful thing. It doesn't matter what you've chosen. Okay. Whatever you've chosen, you've chosen. Don't judge it. But right now, this very moment, you can start to choose something different. Okay. It's not just because you've chosen. It doesn't mean you have to keep choosing it. You can choose to change anything. Mm, so yeah, so powerful. S Simone, what has um, surprised you on this journey? I mean, you've been doing access for a long time. Uh, I have, you know, been paying attention to you and all the content that you've produced. So I've seen a little bit of your journey or vignettes of your journey. 
but I'm, I'm just curious, like what has been most surprising to you, uh, through this process? <laughs> I want to say how easy it is and how friggin' hard we keep making it. It's like <laughs> even, I mean, it's been 21 years, right? And I was even having a conversation with Gary Douglas, the founder of Access the other day. And I went, like there's so much change that I go through all the time and you can make it easy or you can make it hard. And we continuously try and put these roadblocks up and it's like, what for? To prove something like to go, but look at the marathon I just ran. And did you see how many hurdles I had to jump over? (laughs) Oh, I went through poverty. I went through relationship breakup. I went through, you know, losing my house or I went through this. And it's like, what if you just chose ease, joy and glory? And and honestly, asking questions and like living this mantra, all of life comes through these during glory, it gets easier and easier and easier. And as I, like like myself, um, stuff unravels for me, I'm always like, wow, that's so easy. And yet I was making it so hard and it doesn't have to be. Wow. So, Simone, I was wondering, I want to know, um, and this just popped up in my head, like, I want to know what your morning ritual is. And I also want to know what was the last bad day that you experienced and how did you use access to get out of it? Good questions. Uh, okay. So my morning, um, you know, ritual, if you, if you would call it that is at the moment, I live in Australia. I used to travel 10 months of the year, but obviously not now. So when I wake up in Australia, you've got Europe is still awake and America is still awake. And so because we work, you know, access is in, you know, 176 countries. So you can almost perceive the energy of the world going, are you awake? Are you awake? Are you awake? You know, so I've learned not to wake up with this like, oh, my God, like this angst and this like I've got to get a billion things done in the next 30 minutes. I've learned to wake up. And one of the first things I do is while I'm still in bed is and I've got these beautiful native trees outside and they're birds, so they're all really loud and put my hands on my body somewhere. And, and I've been asking, what would it take for today to be greater than yesterday? And then I would, what I also will do, because I'm very much involved in the business of access, I'll ask who or what requires me today? Like what next? Because if you go to the assumption of something rather than, and then if you ask that question, sometimes I'll get this really, you know, it's like this, this whisper. And it's like, oh, maybe if I should check in there in France or something or Germany or what's going on over there or just someone's name or something will pop up and it's like, ah, that. Cause, and that's the ease. Like the hardship is the I've got my to-do list. I've got to get through this to-do list. The ease is, is listening to the whispers of consciousness and being like, okay, so what next? And usually my mornings are super busy. Like I've got meetings at five, six, seven, eight because, like I said, the world's awake uh, except for Asia. And, uh, and so I, but I work very well in the morning. I'm very creative. Like you bet much better, better at getting me at 6am than at nighttime. So it's works for me. Uh, and then, then I would usually do something like go move, like after this interview, I'm going to Pilates. So when, when the world is starting to rest and Asia's waking up, I'm usually moving my body <laughs> throughout the middle of the day. So I sort of work with the world, but the world works with me as well is what I would say. And the yesterday was actually, I woke up yesterday and I was not in a good way. I woke up yesterday and all I wanted to do was start crying, which is so not me. And it was, my alarm went off at 10 past six. My first meeting was at seven yesterday morning. And usually I wake up. It's not, I don't need an alarm, 
but I said it anyway. And I woke up and I was like, wow, what's going on? Because all I wanted to do was sit there and cry. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, this is not mine. Who does this belong to? Like what? And the first question I start to ask is what am I aware of? Like what am I aware of? And because I'm so tapped into the, the entirety of the world and I've, I've taught myself that, like I was worldwide coordinator of access for 18 years. So I did, it's not, and it's like a muscle. I taught myself to be aware of the world uh, rather than just where I live. So I was like, okay, what's going on? So the first thing I did was I tried to call a friend, which was um, Brandon Watt actually. So I tried to call him and he didn't answer. And But there are a few people that I would call And here's a really key piece. I call someone that's not going to align and agree with me or feel sorry for me or resist and react. They're going to ask me a question that will help get me out of where I am. Mm. So even that, like, so what are you aware of or what's this? And just asking someone questions. And I knew Brendan would be that for me and he didn't answer. So I went, okay, what else? So I'm like getting ready to do this like class I have on. And for me, music is also very appealing. So I put some music on and I literally danced in my kitchen for a song <laughs> while I made coffee. Like, but Because I, I knew it wasn't mine and I was like, okay, what is this? And one of the things I would do too is we usually compress ourselves. Like we have these, you know, there's like this normal compression level that people sit at. And then you have this, you know, when something, say, horrifying happens, you compress even more. And we keep compressing until we have like this, compression level of pain and then we sit in that pain rather than like what if we had no compression levels and what if we reached out beyond that so that's one thing that I would do like while I'm singing you know dancing in the kitchen it's like reach out beyond that and ask again okay so truth what am I aware of here like what's actually really going on and allowing myself to be with that like what's up in my world what have I what have I not acknowledged and it was interesting I got on the this call and I started talking about it because I was like, you know, I don't avoid things like that. Like I don't want to appear on any of my classes or anything, not about bleeding on people or coming on there and going, oh, my life is terrible. You know, it's like, but I will talk about, hey, this is what just showed up for me and this is the tools I used because that's, I think we, we all need to be that vulnerable with each other so that we can contribute to each other. That's the way it works, you know. And uh, and one of my friends on there, about 30 minutes in, she said something about the inauguration and I went, ah, that's what I'm aware of too. I looked at that before I went to um, to sleep last night and it was at my 3 a.m. I was like, of course I'm aware. And, you know, America, like as much as we hate it, it's like what occurs in America determines so much for the rest of the world. Mm. It's like that's the way it's worked for so long. So, of course, we're all going to be aware of this. And here's my advice is don't shut yourself off from what you're aware of with the world. Like a lot of the times if there's a, a natural disaster, it's like your body, if your body is in communion, you know, you're in communion with your body and you're, you and your body are in communion with the earth, you may have this awareness of there's a volcano going off, there's a tsunami or there's something like that. So don't disavow your knowing and disavow what your body is actually gifting you as awareness. This is where I think being in question is integral to creating something greater. It's like, okay, what am I aware of? Because this is not mine. Like I don't wake up crying. I did that 30 years ago and thought it was normal. It's (laughs) like, that's not me. So what is this? Mm. And ask a question and be with that and don't judge it. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that 
in itself is just a powerful question to ask. Cause I think a lot of emotions um, that we have are actually not ours. And I know that you've said that in the past um, and some of your, your videos. So I, I think, you know, a lot of people just assume that all the emotions that they're holding are their own. Um, so I think that question for me was also game changing. Is this even mine? Or if I'm having a wonderful day and then all of a sudden my mood shifts and I haven't like nothing has you know changed in my external world, but suddenly my internal world has shifted. So yeah. What are you aware of? And, and a great tool for that is like, if you look at 99% of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions are not yours. So here's a tool, ask, who does this belong to? And it's not about finding out, oh, it's, you know, Aunt Betty's or John's sitting next to me. It's just asking the question, who does this belong to and is this mine? And you can even say everything at that is right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. If you don't remember the whole clearing statement, you literally can just go pock and pod or everything that that, that woman said on, on Yasmin's interview because it's an energy Okay. Mm. But then, but check it out if it works for you and see if it starts to change something because we're way more psychic than what we give out when we acknowledge. Yeah. Simone, what do you want to tell our listeners about their health and wellness? What's like your main takeaway? Um, okay. So with your health and wellness, I would say, ask your body what it desires and what it requires. Cause it's, again, that is such a huge projection at us like with health and wellness of what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing and you know what supplements you should be taking and how much exercise and how much water you should be drinking and all of that what if none what if everything you've been told you found out was a lie and what if you started with the blank slate and then you asked your body like I happen to be one of those people who drinks a ridiculous amount of water I think I may have died of <laughs> thirst in a previous lifetime because I always have water on me but I don't do it because I'm like aiming to get my you know however many liters a day I just do it because my body loves water so what does your what is your body asking for that you haven't been willing to acknowledge and if you look at history you know when I grew up you had those five food groups and everything you were meant to eat from there and now they say flip it and it's like well okay flip that pyramid but what's your body asking for like I know what works with my body and what doesn't work with my body and then it also changes like and one of the things I would say too is ask your body does it require like salt sugar fat water what does it require and what movement does it require like I go to Pilates quite often and I also go to F45 gym and then I walk a lot around here too like it's beautiful like the beach and hiking etc and early this year, every time I went to go do something, my body was like, nope, we're going walking. And I was like, really? Walking again? And then as I was walking, my body was like, let's just keep walking. And I was like, <laughs> okay. You know, I was listening to classes with my AirPods and it was fun. And then I realized two weeks later, I went to the middle of the desert uh, in Australia, to the Simpson Desert, to a place called Uluru, Ayers Rock. And I went, oh, I know what my body was doing. It was getting me prepared to go hiking, you know, around this rock and it, or, you know, in this national park. So it's interesting how my body had more awareness of the future than what I was willing to have. So what if we stopped overriding our body and started listening to it? That's my strong suggestion from oh, my body to um, yours. Amazing. <laughs> amazing, Simone. <laughs> oh, that's so great. It's just so inspiring to talk to you and, Lastly, you know, are there any resources or I know we mentioned your website, maybe you can mention it again and just uh, tell folks where they can um, 
check online to learn more about you, learn more about access consciousness, maybe what you're up to next. If you're, if you're, you know, offering anything new in the, in the 2021 yeah, we've got thousands of practitioners around the world. So I'd be very surprised with whatever city or country that you're in that you can't find someone. And there's a lot of online stuff too. Like I, I've i got like, you know, eight classes in seven weeks. I have a lot of different things. I don't do a lot of um, no prerequisite classes, but I have got a few coming up. One with relationships done different um, and also relationships done different with the earth and a business done different, um, you know, in the next few months. And like I said, the bars class, but if you go to accessconsciousness.com, you go to simonemillises.com. If you Google my name, I'm, I said to someone the other day, no one else has my name. So it's, <laughs> there I am. And the Instagram <laughs> handle is, you know, Simone Millises. It's like, I must've chosen this name so I could make sure I got consciousness out there in the world and you don't get confused. <laughs> so, uh. I love that. But it'll all link to different places. Yeah. Amazing. You'll and find what you find when you find it too, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think there's so many like kind of complex, not complexities, but there's so many pieces to access consciousness. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, whatever someone is working on, they, I think they'll find what they need. Um, so thank you so much for your time, Simone. This was such a enlightening and just inspirational conversation. You're always in such a good mood. So... It's it's a pleasure to, to well, talk to I you. Well, I wasn't yesterday morning, remember? <laughs> but it wasn't yours, right? So, so it exactly, it wasn't mine. <laughs> yes, cool. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you as well. You're very easy to talk to. You have a very um, open uh, world. So, thank you for that. Oh. Thank you so much, Simone. I I so appreciate that. And um, for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about living in the joy of possibilities rather than judgment with access consciousness. And you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness and spirituality. Thanks again.